You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. If you are listening to the podcast of this, it is located at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. As well, there are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, who are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of a compilation of lectures by Rudolf Steiner, entitled The Festivals and Their Meaning. This is the 29th and last lecture in this book. I'll be finishing the book with this extract, which is entitled The Michael Path to Christ, given in Stuttgart on the 25th of December, 1919. I have frequently spoken to you here of that important event which came to pass in the last third of the nineteenth century, the event through which a special relationship was established between the archangelic power, that being whom we call the archangel, Michael, and the destiny of mankind. I have drawn your attention to the fact that since November 1879, Michael must be, as it were, the ruler and guide for all those who seek to bring to humanity the forces necessary to its healthy progress. When one speaks of such matters today, two things have to be taken into account. Firstly, the objective fact, but secondly also the way this objective fact is connected with what people are willing to receive into their consciousness, into their will. The objective fact is simply this, that in November 1879, beyond the sphere of the sense world, in the supersensible world, that event took place which may be described as follows. Michael has attained the power to permeate people with his strength if they come toward him with all that lives in their souls, so that they can transform the old materialistic force of intellect and understanding, which had become so widespread and dominant in humanity, into a force of spiritual understanding. That is the objective fact. It has taken place. We may say of it that since November 1879, Michael has entered into a different relationship with mankind than he formerly had. But it is necessary for people to serve Michael. What I mean by this will become clearer to you through the following explanation. You are aware that before the mystery of Golgotha was accomplished upon earth, the Jews of the Old Testament looked up to their Yahweh or Jehovah. Those among the Jewish priests who looked up in full consciousness to Yahweh were well aware that they could not reach him directly with human perception. The very name Yahweh was held to be unutterable. Instead of speaking it, a sign only was made, one similar to certain combinations of signs which we attempt in the art of Eurythmy. The Jewish priesthood, however, was well aware that one could approach Yahweh through Michael. They called Michael the countenance of Yahweh. Just as we learn to know a person when we look into his face, just as we draw conclusions about the gentleness of his soul from the gentleness of his countenance, and about his character from the way he looks to us, so the priesthood of Old Testament times, through the atavistic clairvoyance which flowed into their souls in dreams, desired to gain from the countenance of Yahweh, from Michael, a knowledge of Yahweh, 
whom it was not yet possible for mankind to reach. This priesthood had the right relationship toward Michael and Yahweh. It was aware that if a person of that time turned to Michael, he could find, through Michael, the Yahweh power, which it was proper for the humanity of that time to seek. Other soul guides and rulers of humanity have appeared since then in the place of Michael, but since November 1879, Michael is present again and can become active in the soul life of those who seek ways toward him. These ways today are the paths of spiritual scientific knowledge. We may speak of, quote, the paths of Michael, close quote, just as well as the, quote, paths of spiritual scientific knowledge, close quote. But just at the time when Michael entered in this way into relationship with human souls, so as to be to them a source of inspiration for the the next three centuries, the demonic opposing force, which had previously prepared itself, set up the very strongest opposition to him. Then a call resounded through the world during our so-called war years, in reality years of terror, a call which has become the great misunderstanding of world proportions which now fills the hearts and souls of human beings. Let us consider what would have become of the Jewish people of the Old Testament if instead of approaching Yahweh through Michael they had sought to approach him directly. They would have become an intolerant, self-seeking people, a nation concerned only with itself. For Yahweh is the God who is connected with all natural things. In the external, historical development of mankind, He manifests His being in the blood ties of succeeding generations, which find expression in the cultural and national identity of a people. It was only because the ancient Jewish people desired at that time to approach Yahweh through Michael that they saved themselves from becoming as a race so egotistic that Christ Jesus would not have been able to come forth from among them. Because they had permeated themselves with the Michael power of their time, the Jewish people were not so strongly impregnated with forces of national egoism as they would have been if they had turned directly to Yahweh or Jehovah. Today, Michael once more rules and guides the world but mankind must develop a new relationship to him. For now Michael is the countenance, not of Yahweh, but of Christ Jesus. Today we must approach the Christ impulse through Michael. But in many respects, humanity has not yet struggled through to this. It retains, atavistically, the old qualities of feeling by which Michael could be approached when he was still the intermediary to Yahweh. And so today humanity has a false relationship to Michael. This false relationship is apparent in a very characteristic phenomenon. During the years of the war we continually heard the universal lie, quote, freedom to all separate nations, even the very smallest nation, close quote. This is an essentially false idea, because today in this Michael period, what is all important is not human groups, but human individuals. This lie is nothing else than the endeavor to permeate each individual nation not with a new force of Michael, 
but the force of the old, the pre-Christian time, with the Michael force of the Old Testament. However paradoxical it may sound, there is a tendency among so-called civilized nations of the present day to transform what was justifiable among the Jewish people of the Old Testament into something luciferic and to make of this the most powerful impulse in every nation. People wish today to build up republics like Poland, France, America upon methods of thought suited to Old Testament times. They strive to follow Michael as it was right to follow him before the mystery of Golgotha when people found through him the way to Yahweh, a God of peoples and nations. Today it is Christ Jesus whom we must strive to find through Michael. Christ Jesus, the divine leader of the whole human race. This means that we must seek for feelings and ideas which have nothing to do with human distinctions of any kind on the earth. Such feelings and ideas cannot be found. They must be sought where the human spirit and soul pulsate, that is, on the path of spiritual science. We must resolve to seek the real Christ upon the path of spiritual science, upon the Michael path. Only through this striving for spiritual truth is the real Christ to be sought and found. Otherwise it would be better to extinguish the lights of Christmas, to destroy all Christmas trees, and to acknowledge at least with truth that we want nothing that will recall what Christ Jesus has brought into human evolution. The end of this last lecture extract, lecture 29, of the book The Festivals and Their Meaning, a compilation of lectures by Rudolf Steiner.